now tapped in with the introspective father and son duo. Last name may be strange, but never strangers to the game. Adjust the listening devices and keep it live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ay, coming in, yeah. Flex, I just wanna win, yeah. LABB, who we running with, yeah. Two, two, three, three, I'm on 10 again, yeah. State your name. Hello and welcome to another installment of No Strangers to the Game. I'm Ja and that's Troy. And today we're going to be discussing the topic of leadership, uh, what it means to be a leader, what it means to be led, and the characteristics that may or may not take on. Um, so to open it up today, I just wanted to ask you, not necessarily all of them, because I don't know if you can name all of them, but just give me a few characteristics that you think great leaders possess. Well, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I would think most importantly, great leaders have a vision. They look out and they see somewhere where they're trying to go and they have a clear perspective on what that is and they have an idea on how to get there. I think also great leaders are able to motivate and inspire others to buy into that vision so that they can help to implement and uh, make that vision a reality. Um, and I think thirdly, a great leader cares about the people and is committed to that vision committed to you know that goal and they're going to do what they can to make sure that the people are taken care of that they're leading they have a compassion for them they uh, have a deep care and consideration for them and so that allows those people to buy in and are willing to do whatever it takes to bring that vision to reality and lastly i think a great leader is able to manage people understanding the timing situations and what to do um, to help people continue to move forward when they get stuck they're able to uh, allow them the opportunity to to, to move forward um, and they also are good at conflict resolution you know resolving conflicts and issues and being able to make a decision so to me those are the qualities that i see and think are necessary to have a good leader and um, you know be able to carry out your vision with the right people um, in the time that you set out to do it yeah I mean I obviously agree with a lot of those I think those are all great characteristics I think one um, that's huge for me and I guess it's in a way you kind of talked about it but for me it's really the ability to listen hmm. and be aware you know what I mean and that's that's crucial to I think sometimes you get people who think they're leaders because they're barking out orders and they're just you know they're head down, they're moving forward. But I think the best leaders are those that are able to survey the landscape and really be aware of what's going on, the mood of the room, you know, the, the timing of things. Timing is a big thing with leadership. So I think that awareness and that ability to listen and just be aware of what's going on around you is key. One thing I wanted to ask you though, and you said it, you said you think good leaders need to have compassion for those that they're leading. And I think in most situations, don't get me wrong, I think that is probably a good thing to have. But I was, as you said it, I thought of a few situations. I'm like, well, maybe the better leaders may or may not even have that. They may be cold and not and could care less about the people they're leading. And that leads to leads them to make, I guess, the smarter decision for the group as a whole or for the mission. You know what I'm saying? Because I think of some I, I think of in like military sense. Right. I mean, you're out in the battlefield or you're, you know, kind of discussing moves to maneuver people to try to ultimately win the war. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that may mean even though you have a compassion for, you know, your people and these certain people, you may have to 
send people into situations that you know is probably not going to end up well for them. And so I, I wonder, and even then, I guess that can be, you can say that they have compassion for those people, but is that a necessity, do you think? In all, in all leadership roles, is that a necessity to have compassion for the people that you are leading? I think in most interests, and I want to go back to what you mentioned, awareness. That's, that is another key attribute. Being aware of yourself. Yeah. And know what your strengths and weaknesses are and know what type of people that you need around you to complement your skills, complement the things that you need to be, uh, that, you, that you need improvement on. And so awareness, I think, is really critical in doing so because when you're up there and you're at the front forefront, people are watching you. They're going to hold yeah. you accountable. And if you say one day, hey, we're doing this, and the next day you come back and you do the total opposite, people are going to call you on that. And so I think awareness is definitely a great a trait and necessary for leadership. Um, in terms of compassion, I think, yeah, in order for people to follow you, you got to have compassion. People, there's always saying that, you know, people want to know that you care before they care about what you know, right? So that if you care about me, I'm willing to go through this and I'm willing to fight. In some instances where it's a short-term goal that you're trying to reach, it may not matter as much because I'm just going through there. We're here for the day. We don't have to like each other. We come in to accomplish the task and move on. But when you're talking about long periods of time of where you're leading people, you know, you got to have some compassion and they got to know that you care about them for them to continue to follow. So in some instances, the compassion may or may not, especially if it's a short term, but if it's something in which you're going to be dealing with people over a long period of time, they're going to see whether or not you care about them. Like when, you know, your coaches, you know, you may still go out and do a great job, but you do a little more, you take that extra step when you have somebody that you're working with that can draw that mo that can draw that out of you because you know that they care and they have your best interest at heart. Doesn't mean that you're not going to try with someone else. You just may have a little more uh, from an emotional standpoint to, to get you over the hump, especially when things get tough, knowing I can go lean on this person when you know I may not be feeling confident. Where yeah. if you got somebody who don't care about you, you know, are you gonna go to them and ask for advice or knowing that this is a person that I can lean on? So I think the best leaders have that, you know, and not to say that you can't be successful if you don't have compassion, but over a long duration of time and dealing with people, I think the compassion is necessary. And I agree. Obviously, yes. I, I totally get I mean in team sports and even in my individual sport having a coach and somebody that you feel has your back or has your best interest at heart is going to allow you to really give your all to it and I think that's key I guess what I'm trying to get at is are there moments and this is I guess even more specific is there moments where it's best as a leader to not have compassion because I think about specific right being whether you're an executive of an NBA NFL whatever team right and it's probably in the best interest of a team to cut, you know, these few guys or trade them. And it mm -hmm. can seem extremely cold. And obviously these are people that you care for because you've led them. But in that moment, you need to have a lack of compassion for that, for that person in light of the greater goal. And, are those, and that's what I'm wondering. Is there moments where sometimes as a leader, it's not best to have compassion for the people you're leading? You know, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I mean, I, I think that, that don't mean, I think it's more easier when you don't have that compassion, <laughs> but I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. I can have compassion for someone, but still know that the greater cause and the greater vision may require me to cut you and get rid of you 
and that's going to hurt you. That's going to impact you. But I know I have to do what's in the best interest of the, of the, for the overall group. And so I think you can have compassion and, and still make those tough decisions. I think it makes it more difficult when you have compassion and you really care about people, but I think you can still do that. Yeah. I wanted to segue into, I think, um, it's funny because I think a lot of times when we talk about great leaders, we almost forget and we don't, and then it depends on the situation, but I think we have to realize who they're leading as well. Right. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people are like, Oh, Michael Jordan was a great leader. Personally, after watching the last dance documentary, I don't think he was that great of a leader. He's a great player, <laughs> absolutely phenomenal player. But leadership-wise, eh, I think in a lot of situations we have to look, well, he was leading, you know, a few all-stars. He had a great coach behind him as well. How important are the people that you're leading? And I guess it obviously, like I said, depends on the situation, but how important is it to have good people that you're leading and people that will listen to you or look up to you or, you know, follow the directions you give or, or what have you? Well, it's important to have people that complement your your leadership style. That makes it to where your job is a little easier. Um, for instance, if you're someone who's uh, an autocrat, I come in, what I say goes, you got to have people who don't have any type of ego and say, okay, he said it, this is what I'm doing. If you have somebody who's a little more, you know, democratic in their you know, leadership style and they want your input and thoughts and opinions, you got to be someone that's willing to you know, step forth and provide input. And so I just depends on, you know, who you're leading, right? But also the leadership style. And so those things I think vary, but I think overall a good leader has all those qualities. I can be autocratic when I need to because the situation here is an emergency. I don't have time to explain to you what to do. I just need you to go do it and do it now. We can talk about it later. You know, and then there's other times when you need people to buy in over the long haul because they're going to want to know what am I doing? Why am I doing it? So that I can immerse myself and have the motivation to carry it out for a long period of time. And so, um, so to answer your question, I think, you know, it's definitely good to have people who fit your leadership style and who can work within that. And that leads me to, okay, so... I know we, we've talked about him a few times on the show, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. In terms of leadership, it's a, I guess it's a, it's a depends on who you ask type of question, right? Some people may say Kobe's leadership style was the best thing and it did great wonders for, you know, those Laker teams that he helped win championships. And others may look at it and say he wasn't a leader at all. You know, it was, it was other people on the team that led him. And, and so the reason I brought up the people you're leading is because in years prior, without some of the other teammates that came along in those championships, the few years where Kobe was struggling to make playoffs and they weren't doing well, was he not, you know, was his leadership style different? And I guess that's all speculation, but I'm, I'm wondering what really did was what really changed who he was leading, right? The people that got on the team at the time is like, okay, now these are people that either fit his leadership style or are just more qualified to do the job that he's asking of the people he's leading. And now he looks like a better leader because the people he's leading are helping him get the job done. Whereas opposed to, I think someone like someone like LeBron James, and I know I'm bringing up this comparison again, but <laughs> someone like LeBron, where we've seen him take, I mean, just people that really weren't as talented, they shouldn't have probably been on an NBA championship roster or, you know, a NBA finals roster. And he's, 
I think because of the type of leader he is, he doesn't have to have the right people to fit his leadership style. His leadership style fits everybody because he's a type of leader that is aware. I think he has that awareness. He's able to almost change his leadership style depending on who he's leading. Well, I don't know. Every team that LeBron has went to, they pretty much got rid of the roster. <laughs> <laughs> and they brought people in that fit him, that, you know, would complement his style. And so I think largely that was the case. And I think he is probably a person who can, you know, work with most people. Yeah. I think Kobe was a leader in his own right, more from a um, example, leading by example, working hard, training, and giving it his all and being, you know, having that Mamba mentality. He may not, he may or may not have been the best vocal leader in how he was able to inspire people and get people to do things. You know, I always look back on Kobe's career and the five championships he's won. There was one player that was always there with him. Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher. Yeah. I mean, he was there in the first three, then he left, um, then he came back. And so I think Derek, this is my opinion, and I, I don't have any, you know, evidence other than just seeing how it work, worked out, was probably more the vocal leader, the person that could take those younger players along, coach them, encourage them, and inspire them to go play. Whereas Kobe was appeared to be that, you know, let's go, you know, pound the fist, you know, hard on these guys and pushing them the way that he worked himself. And so I think that combination really helped him that I'm gonna be the example but this guy right here, when I kick you in the butt, he gonna come over here and make sure you are right so that you can lift your spirits and go out here and do what we need you to do. Yeah, I, and that's and that brings up a good point of complementary leadership styles to where in most situations, I think it's rare to have one sole leader. You know what I mean? In most situations, whether it's mm -hmm. a company, a team, it's rare to have one sole leader. I think you have multiple leaders that all have complementary leadership styles. Um, and so that's an interesting point. Um, I wanted to talk about yes men. Taking it off the court, I think sometimes athletes in particular, they're leaders nonetheless. You know, however you view them, they have a lot of money and influence. They're leaders. How dangerous, especially for, I mean, I, I bring up athletes, but celebrities, really anyone with influence and kind of a leadership role, how dangerous are yes men? Well, they're very dangerous because they don't let you, they don't give you a true reflection of what's happening in your life. They tell you what they think you want to hear. And I had to learn that when I was in city council, you know, at first it was just like, wow, you know, these people are just so nice and just so, <laughs> you know, helpful, you know, and then it dawned on me, it was like, I'm the city council member. So they looking at me from a different perspective. And so they think that they have to accommodate me and say the things that they believe I want to hear. And so I started to challenge them. I don't want you to come tell me what you think I need to hear. I need you to tell me what I need to know and then I can make it the decision from there on how I'm going to address it or what the decision I'm going to make. I need the information unfiltered. And I think that allows people to speak openly and give you what you need. Now, what you do with the information and the decisions you make are totally up to you. But I think it's very dangerous. And we've seen many celebrities, athletes who seem to went in the wrong direction. And I think largely because they had people around them who wouldn't um you know stand up to them and give them the information and and let them know that when they were going in the wrong direction to correct them and say no we're not doing that or you shouldn't do that and here's why so um i think it's pretty dangerous because you don't get a true account of where you're going a true direction because most people are going to accommodate you because of who you are 
So it's important to have people that'll stand in your corner and challenge you um, even when you don't like it. And not to bring it back to this, but I think that's some of the greatness and the leadership of LeBron James. You talked about, <laughs> you talked about him, you know, changing the roster to fit who he needs. And in, in a lot of situations, he has done that. But I think that makes, that's the quality of a great leader, of a great leader, is making sure you have the right team behind you to make sure you can accomplish the goal you set out. Now, right. no, I, I didn't, I wait, time out. Nonetheless. I didn't say that was the problem. You said he was one to go and work with anybody. But I would just say most of his that's, rosters. No, 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 but that's what I'm saying, though, is even when that didn't happen, in, in most, like I said, in most situations, that has happened. But even when that didn't happen, I think of 2018, when he really had a hodgepodge roster, he lost Kyrie, Kevin Love was in and out of the lineup throughout the year. I don't think you look at that team and say he built that to win for him. It was a hodgepodge group of characters, but his leadership style and how great he is as a player allowed him to lead them to the NBA Finals regardless. Let me ask you this, and I'm not trying to diminish any of his greatness. <laughs> Do you think he had anything to do with those people coming in and leaving? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, we're gonna we're gonna talk about conflict resolution. This is obviously, I think, a huge component of being a leader, especially when we're talking about on a team setting, because inevitably it's human nature that we're gonna have conflict. We're gonna, you know, bump elbows or it's gonna, something's gonna happen. And so, is there a conflict resolution style that you think is kind of universal? And I know that's tough. That's a tough question because it obviously there's so many different settings. There's so many different, I guess, you know, ways that conflict can come up and who it can be between so on and so forth. But is there at least one aspect of conflict resolution that you'd say, hey, that universally can work? You know, I, I don't like to put a, you know, a generalize it because there's so many variables and factors um, and it really is situational. I think a leader has to be one that's open and, and bringing that word again, aware, the awareness of the situation to determine what is needed to resolve the issue. Like for instance, if you have two toddlers and you know that if you allow them to make a decision on what they do, they're gonna keep doing what they're doing. If you come in and say, look, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. Boom, let's go. You may have other instances where you have a, a children who are adolescents who may be more mature. You can come in now and you can have a, a democratic conversation to where everybody provides input and together we determine how we should move forward. And so to me, it's situational. Um, I'm more inclined to be more democratic because I want the input and feedback and then make the decision that I think we can all live with and uh, you know move forward. But there are instances where I know I got, if I got two people who are not mature enough, and they're not gonna to come together to create a resolution that we can all agree with. I may have to just step in and say, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. I'm not asking you to like each other. I'm not asking you to like what we're doing. I'm just asking you to do it. So I think in that, result, in that, in that um, situation, you know, it requires for you to be more autocratic. Just do what I say do at this point and hope that we can mature to where we can make decisions together that we see um, in the best interest as we move forward. Yeah, I think for me, I see there's obviously a tons of different conflict resolution styles, but the main two that I can think of is like you said, the kind of democratic approach. And then the other one is kind of ruling with an iron fist. Like what I say goes, this is how we're doing it. And you just need to sit down and listen. And I think they both have a time and place. They both are necessary in different settings. But I always think the democratic approach 
in the long run is always going to be more successful because people begin to buy in and, and that's a key right is, is people actually buying into the goal or what they believe needs to be done as opposed to doing it out of fear or just you know what i mean any kind of those darker emotions i think that's always going to end up better but nonetheless there are moments where i guess you say ruling with the iron fist is probably the best conflict resolution style in the moment so right um i wanted to ask when you think about leadership i think sometimes people can get misconstrued about leadership in terms of pointing a finger and just kind of really being on top of everybody and what they're doing and you know what is the balance between micromanagement leadership and just making sure that you know your people are doing what they need to do where does that where do you kind of draw that line and like i said it's always situational depending on the setting but how do you know when you've crossed that line well i i, I think it's awareness again aware of the people that you're leading or managing so that you know if you got someone who they're going to be overachievers you give them some instructions and direction and they take it and they do above and beyond what you ask them to do. And then you may have that some individual that you have to continue to remind them that, hey, how are we coming along with this? You know, where are we at with that? And that individual, you may have to set up uh, periodic meetings just to check in so that they don't feel like you're standing over them, but you giving them the opportunity to do what they need to do. And at the same time, you're checking in on them so that they don't you know, give them the opportunity to fail. And so I think there's a balance and it's really dependent on who that individual that you're leading and working with and their ability to lead themselves. And ultimately that's what leadership is. Leadership is really leading people and giving them the encouragement and then the ability and capacity to ultimately lead themselves because that's what you want. You don't want to have to come tell someone what to do every day. You want them to know their job, know what it is that they're doing, and have a lot of passion and enthusiasm for getting it done. Now, there's times when you have to come in and you have to, you know, encourage them, lift them up, or even sometimes discipline them. But for the most part, you want people to come in, know their task, take direction, and go run. And even be innovative in saying, hey, we've been doing this, I see this, and I've thought about, you know, maybe let's try it doing it a different way because I think this will be even more effective and giving them that space to be creative and, 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 and think beyond just the directions that you give them. Those are the type of people I like working with and, and leading, if you will, because I think those are the people that are going to really push the envelope and uh, be even more effective. Hmm. That's, that's fast. Briefly define the term, and I hear this term a lot, people talk about it a lot. Briefly define leading from behind. I think that's something that you hear a lot in sports and in life in general and society. But what does that what does that really mean it, to you anyway? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I my assumption <laughs> is I mean that you're allowing the the team or those that you're leading to do their jobs, and you're more behind. Just I'm coaching. Um, just kind of facilitating. But you have the direction. You know what you're doing in your own. Um, department or in your own, you know, segment to carry that out. Yeah. And I'm not going to do anything to to interfere with that unless I see there's an issue, there's a problem. Long as things are going well and, you know, we're going in the right direction, I'm going to leave you alone and allow you to do your thing. So 
for me, I think that that's what that means. Um, for someone else, I'm not sure, but you know, as I hear it, that's what I get from from that term leading from behind. For me, I've always heard of it. I've always heard it and, and at least thought of, and I think when people kind of describe it to me and talk about it, this is how I think of it. Um, they, I've heard the term like the best leaders, you often don't, from the outside, you'll never know who the leader is in the best leadership situations, right? I mean, and that's what I think of when I think of leading from behind is like, hey, we're walking in a straight line and I'm right in the middle with you guys. Like I'm, there's no, I think sometimes the best leaders don't even, nobody even knows that they're leading really, right? It's just, it's kind of happening, but nobody's even realizing it. And I think that's what leading from behind means. It's not, hey, I'm on this pedestal. Everybody follow me. I'm your leader. It's kind of like, mm -hmm. no, I'm in the trenches with you. I'm right here. We're doing this together as a team. And in that way, even if it, it may not be defined, you're leading kind of from within the group, from within the pack, not ahead. You know what I mean? And I think that's a different type of leadership role, but I think that's oftentimes the best type of leader is somebody that nobody even knows is leading. They're just kind of making things happen as we all move forward. Yeah, and I think, you know, you don't necessarily need a leader till something goes wrong. <laughs> and then somebody's got to step up and take charge and be willing to take the risk yeah. of making a decision that don't go right. You know, I believe that the best leaders will praise you out in public. And if they have to discipline you, reprimand you, they'll do it in private. So, you know, they'll take responsibility for what happens. You know, I, I, hey, even if they weren't to blame, being that they're the leaders, if something goes wrong, that's my responsibility. You know, John might, have turned, might not have turned the water off and caused a flood, but at the end of the day, being the leader, I'm gonna take that responsibility in public, but you know, when we get off the cameras or what have you, me and John gonna have a talk and we're gonna discuss it because I believe that's what good leaders do. They don't throw their people under the bus. They give them the credit, you know, in public, but when they need to reprimand them, they do that in private so that they don't break them down or, you know, diminish, you know, who they are. Yeah, makes sense. So we've talked about the positive qualities of a leader, what kind of characteristics a, a good leader would show. Give me briefly just a few of the negative qualities you would say a, a bad leader has in terms well, of the most kind of the things that cause the most disruption what are some of the most negative qualities you see in bad leaders i think a bad leader is the one who often uses the word i when they're taking credit for things that went well and a bad leader is someone who blames their 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 group their team or whomever when things don't go right um not being responsible and accountable you know, um, sometimes as a leader, you got you got to fall on the sword for your team, for your crew, and that builds that type of uh, um, admiration and willingness for your team and your group to know that this guy, or this person, is going to you know he's going to take the blame even when it's not his fault. He's going to fall on the sword, so we're willing to go out and do whatever we can to make sure that he doesn't have to fall on that sword for us. Um, so for me, I think the negative qualities, like I said, is blaming others and not holding yourself accountable and being responsible and taking all the credit, you know, when things go right. Yeah, I would agree. I would completely agree. I think for me, the biggest one, at least publicly, in terms of a public leadership role or a public leader, is once again, that lack of awareness. I think, and it, it kind of encompasses a lot of the things you said, that, that lack of awareness to where 
I probably shouldn't take all the credit for this. I, I probably shouldn't, you know, blame others when things go wrong. That awareness of like, how does this, how does this look? How is this gonna come across? How will this make the people I'm trying to lead feel? You know, and, and I think those are things that if somebody who's aware will all take into account. And so for me, a bad leader is somebody who lacks that awareness. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to end it kind of with this, I guess, question slash comment or just gonna let you run with it. Is everyone a leader? Um, I think people have this image of what a leader is, a president, you know, or the, the quarterback of the football team or the head coach of a team, blah, 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 whatever. That quote unquote, you know, prototypical leader. But in their own capacity, is does everyone have a leadership role in their own life? Yeah, I think everyone is a leader. I think there's different levels to leadership. You know, um, for example, you may have a husband who's leading his family yeah. or, you know, a mother who's leading her children. Um, you know, those are leadership roles. You know, it may not be leading the country or leading a team or a company or even a community, but it takes some capacity and ability to get those children or your family to fall in line to you know move in the direction that you're trying to move in and so um to answer your question i think everyone has that ability and, and in some ca capacity everyone is leading um at one or one time or another in their lives it just may be on a smaller level or a larger level um but we all lead at some point in time in our lives yeah i know for me i always think when it, when that question came up i thought about the butterfly effect you know you never know what you know that the, the the images you're putting out or the leadership that you're putting on the people around you you never know how that may affect so whether you think i'm not a leader i'm only really i guess in charge of one person or only one person's looking up to me you never know what that person may go on to do and how your leadership that you displayed or portrayed upon them how that may affect the people that they lead down the road and who knows if they don't grow up to lead millions you know right. and so I always think of that when, when that question comes up is I'm like, that butterfly effect, you never understand. So whether you're leading one or one million, do it to the best of your ability because you never know the impact it can have. Right. So I agree. Yeah, I think that's good for uh, another episode of No Strangers to the Game. Talked a lot about leadership, the qualities, the good and bad that they may display and what you can do in your own life to, to be a better leader. So we appreciate you joining us for another episode and make sure you tune in next time. Alright, peace. Alright, that'll wrap up today's episode. Glad we could take a moment to put you up on game. We post a new podcast every Sunday morning. Now you know. Peace.